stay standing. It's great to have you guys here. How's everybody doing? Woo! One person. Good. How's everybody doing? Yeah. I love that because the weather is gloomy, but you aren't. That's good. Good to see your smiling faces today. We are going to uh, continue in worship to our King. We believe that Jesus is the King. He is God. He is everything that we live for. Um, he is the one that breathes life into us. So we want to worship with that life this morning. So we're going to pray. The offering is going to come around. If you are a visitor, uh, we would love to keep in touch with you. There should be a card underneath the seat in front of you. Um, take that card. Give us your information. Um, unless you're freaked out right now, that's okay too. Um, but if you're not, you give us your information and we won't stalk you. Uh, we will just try to get in touch with you and, and get to know you a little better. Uh, but let's pray. God, we love you and we are here. Some of us are doing great. Some of us are not doing so great, God. But we know that you, in your infinite love, in your infinite wisdom, God, that we don't understand everything that you do. We don't understand everything that you allow. But Father, I pray that we can sit in these moments in your presence, that as you meet us wherever we are at, God, we'll be changed by the blood of Jesus. Father, I pray that as you pursue us with your love, we would pursue you and that we would respond to your love. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for all that love is, is wrapped up perfectly in who you are. So Father, I, I just, we just want to be humbled in your presence, God. That we are made new, that we are made something, that we are made great because of the blood of Jesus. And now we can live in freedom. So as we give back to you, God, I pray that you would find us giving with joyful hearts for everything that you have provided us with. Father, we love you. Continue to provide for us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to remain standing, and I want you to find three people and I want you to say this to him. Okay, don't slack off on this. This is important. I want you to say, I'm a fruitcake, you're a fruitcake. All right, go ahead. Find three people, say, I'm a fruitcake, you're a fruitcake. Praise the Lord, you're all fruitcakes. You can go ahead and have a seat. That really wasn't for anything. It was just to get you to call each other fruitcakes. I'm just kidding. You'll understand that in a moment. Um, I want to pray for us again. Because just want to acknowledge that God says where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in your midst. And so in acknowledging that we are in the presence of God, um, I really don't believe that anybody whose heart is open to change will not be changed by the presence of God. Okay, because we say all the time, come as you are. We want you to come here as you are, but we also believe God is faithful not to leave us that way and that he will change us. All right? So let's just pray. As I pray, I want you to pray. Um, and, and in the presence of God, seriously, wherever you are, I don't care how long you have been a Christian, if you're not a Christian, wh wherever you are this morning, the prayer is, God, just open my heart. Open my heart to what you have to say to me today. So let's pray. God, it is, uh, it is uh, an amazing thing that we get to 
just wherever we're at, sit in your presence. Because when Jesus died, the veil was torn. And your holiness through Jesus' blood is available to all of us. And so, God, we just sit here in your presence. We want to be free. We want to know freedom. Freedom that only the blood of Jesus brings. And so, God, open our hearts to what you would have to teach us this morning. Any lies that we are believing, Father, we fight those lies through the Holy Spirit and the power in the name of Jesus to fight the lies that Satan is telling us that we don't want to believe anymore. I pray that, that you would set the captives free this morning. God, those who have not come to you for salvation yet, I just pray that they would open their hearts and respond to your love for them this morning. God, for those of us who have been Jesus followers for a long time, we may still be held captive by some things, so I pray that you would set us free from those things. Help us to identify them this morning through your word. Um, in your presence, we want to be changed, and we want to see you, God, for who you are. We love you, and we are desperate for you. We need you. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn right to your Bibles, to Galatians, um, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read that to you first. In my Bible, it's on page 1,271. There you go. Anyway, Galatians chapter 5, it's in the, the New Testament. Paul wrote this book to the, the church in Galatia, um, and I hope you're encouraged by it. So let's, let's read it. The, the words will be on the screen. You can use your phone. You can use the Bible in the pew in front of you, whatever you want. Let's read this. But I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For, those who, for, those, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of flesh are evident, okay? That just means that they're obvious in people's lives. You do these things, and they're, they're evident in your life. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Today we're going to start our series in the, on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, it says this, You will recognize them... 
by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every tree that bears good, every, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit. First thing. Okay, first thing here. The kind of fruit one bears, the results of someone's life. I'm talking in general, okay? I don't want you to get the mistake that I ever think that we could ever be without sin completely while we're here on the earth because our flesh is constantly in battle with the Spirit, right? But the kind of fruit that one bears in their life identifies which tree they belong to. Simple as that. What is showing in your life? Like right now, we need to make this personal. We don't just preach up here so that we can talk at you. Our desire is that you would dig deep and make this personal. All right, so this is kind of like a self-check. What shows in your life right now? Who do you belong to? Do you belong to Jesus? Is there proof that you've come to Jesus for salvation? Are you allowing God through the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out? Right? Do you belong to Jesus? And here's the deal. Even those that say, there are some who say they are Jesus followers. But they are sick, they are diseased, and they're bad fruit. And they're bearing bad fruit. Remember Kyle last week, he said this, that every Christian, every Jesus follower, every true Jesus follower marked in the book of life will say, Lord, Lord. You have to. You have to come to Jesus for salvation. You have to say, Lord, Lord. But not everyone who cries out, Lord, Lord, is actually a Jesus follower, is actually a believer, right? Is actually a Christian. I like the word Jesus follower, Right? Because that says what it is, right? We can say Christian all we want. We can say believer all we want. But I like Jesus follower because that's real. Like the question, if I say, are you a Jesus follower? It begs the question, are you actually following Jesus? So I think we should just use that from now on. Um, I want to try to use it from now on. But all this to say is that the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in the person's life who has made Jesus king of their life and chooses to live by the Spirit of God in them. You get what I'm saying? There will be evidence. Okay? So, some of you, I think, are doubtful. Okay? I can tell you this. God is much more powerful than that. All right? You are not... I'm saying... You are not more powerful than the blood of Jesus to change you. But some people, even if they've come to Jesus, some people say, no, there's no way that God would save me. There's no way that God could love me because of what I've done in my past. There's no way that God could love me because of what I'm doing. I just can't come out of this cycle. There's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. You are not more powerful. Your sin is not more powerful than the blood of Jesus. And once we get saved, once we get saved, 
We have a choice at that point. Am I going to open my heart up to let God change me, right? Because the Bible is clear that once you come to Jesus for salvation, okay, you think I'm preaching to the choir here because there's a lot of people who are saved in the room, but I'm not. I'm not because we forget it so often. I forget it all the time. That when I become a Jesus follower and I choose to make him Lord of my life, the Holy Spirit of God actually comes and lives inside of me. But at the same time, God doesn't force anything on us, right? He doesn't force change. If God could force change on you, you would be a robot. But you're not. He wants a living, active, breathing relationship with you and with me. So I can promise you this, if you open up your heart to let the Holy Spirit of God change you, he will. And there will be evident the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Because the sin that still remains in your life is forgiven. The past sin that you've committed is forgiven. And the future sin that you will forget, that you will commit is forgiven. And so there's no possible way if you open up your heart to Jesus leading you and changing you that you won't be changed. Now, when we put together a series, here's what I want you to uh, focus on as we go through this series. When we put together a series, we put together a series as a preaching team. It's myself, Kyle, Alan, Mark, and most recently Bob has joined the team. You're going to hear from Bob. He's going to preach a few times before the end of the summer. Half of you were just really excited, and half of you were like, yeah. It's all right, Bob. It's the same half that don't like it when I preach, so it's all good. Um, anyway, we talked through uh, the desire to do the fruit of the Spirit. And a couple of times the guys caught me calling it the fruits of the Spirit, but that's not what we want you to think about. It's hard to say. You think of fruit and fruits. Like I told you to call each other fruitcake. The one thing about a fruitcake is there's never just one fruit in it. All right, fruitcakes are disgusting, by the way. They're nasty. My dad, I grew up and he loves fruitcake. It's nasty. It's dried fruit inside of a cake. Uh, it's just gross. So if you haven't tried it yet, it's at your own risk. But um, anyway, the thing about a fruitcake is you can have banana bread. That's not fruitcake, right? That's just banana bread. That's actually good. You could have something else. But fruitcake has all, a bunch of different fruit in it, but it makes one piece of bread. That's how we want you to see the fruit of the Spirit. Right? It is that it is all one, it's individual, singular fruit. It's not individual fruits that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are one fruit. It's like a big old piece of fruit with a bunch of different parts to it, a bunch of different colors making up one fruit. And if we are living by the Spirit, all of these things will be evident. In our life, because God gives abundantly through the Spirit. Why is this important? Because as we talk about Occupy Your Street, we talk about this a lot. We talk about occupying your street with the gospel, the love of Jesus, and salvation in Jesus. That we want to reveal the love of God and who God is to everyone in our path on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. And our mission ultimately is to show people the glory of God, right? We want people everywhere to see and experience the glory 
of God. Now, the word glory defined is this, to show someone for who they really are, right? So if I was going to reveal JR's glory to you, what? Hey, there you go. That's a good answer. She's not even here, dude. What are you, oh, come on. She's not even here. Uh, we, somebody can tell her later. She can listen to the podcast. Everybody go tell Debbie, listen to the podcast. And JR's like, yes, please tell her. Um, if I was to reveal JR's glory to you, I would be revealing to you all that he is, inside and out. You want to know who JR is? I'll tell you. And I would reveal his glory to you, right? God has all of the glory in the universe do his name. He is the only being in the entire universe that actually deserves to be glorified, right? And so when we are living lives that give glory to God, what we're actually doing is as people look at who we are and what we reveal with our life, they see God. You get that? As you live your life, do people get an accurate vision for who God is because of you? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still a work in progress. I hope they do. And I'm sure they do at some point. But the best possible way that they can get a glimpse of who God is through my life is to know that I'm a sinner but that I'm a saint. Right? I am not a sinner anymore. I'm a saint who still sins. That's who I am. That's the glory of God, is that there is no sin greater than the cross of Jesus. But it's also so much more than that. And as I come to Jesus, I get to live out and people see the fruit of the Spirit of my life. And then they get a glimpse of who God is. All of the fruit is found equally in the person of God. And Jesus lived out the fruit of the Spirit perfectly while he was on earth. So, we don't want you to walk away each week, like here and this week. Ugh, love, man. I just, I love some people in my life, but I don't love anybody. I kind of got to work on that one. Um, I don't love everybody, I mean. I got to work on that one. Like, and then you go home and study love, 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 see what love means, right? And then next week when, when Bob preaches on joy, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty much good on that, right? And then you work on love and not joy. But the, guess what? The one you feed less is going to be the one that falters more, right? That's not what we want you to do. What we want you to do is to say, man, I know that the fruit of the Spirit is found perfectly in Jesus. I want the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in my life. So what am I going to do? I'm going to pursue Jesus. 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 All right, here's a good example. You've heard me talk about Javier before. Javier was the manager at um, Urbandale Farrell's when Heather and I started there. Right, And he has taught me everything I know. And we've continued... Um, a relationship through the preacher and the gym guy and the preacher's better half videos. I want to tell you something about those videos. Anybody seen the preacher and the gym guy videos? Raise your hand. Okay, so we've added the better half recently, and Javier and I always had this uh, this like friendly competition. It's to see like okay if if we see each other at the gym. Hey, I posted a video today. You post one, and then tomorrow, and then we like text each other a number, 
later on. And that number that we text each other is who has, who has more views or who has reached more people. I mean, it's totally vain, but, um, but we do that. And, uh, and sometimes I beat Javier in a certain good week, and sometimes he beats me. But every single time my wife posts a better half video, she destroys us both. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's saying something right there. I mean, she just destroys both. She's a storyteller, and I'm not, right? She tells stories, and it sucks people in. And, like, I just get on there, and I talk, and then I'm done. and and But she just kills us every time. Anyway, last week Heather looked at me, and she said, Nick, you need to go over to E.P. True Farrell's, where Javier still manages, and you need to take as many of his classes as you can. Because here's one thing we know, is that the way we see it, Javier, is the best at what he does, right? And we know that it's true that the student will become like the teacher, right? So if I want to be the best instructor I can be, I got to go learn from the best, right? I got to learn everything that I can. It is the same thing with us. You want to learn how to live out and have the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life. You want to live by the leading of the Holy Spirit to show God's glory to people, then we have to seek Jesus. We want to know more about him from studying the word and studying his life, and then we want to make him known by living like him. When we seek to live like Jesus through the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, what we just read, makes the promise that if we live by the Spirit, these things as a whole will begin to become evident in our lives. And, this is cool, we will not give in to the temptations of the flesh. Right? Here's what the flesh is. The flesh is the part of you that still wants to sin. The flesh is the part of you that says sin is fun. The part of you that says you will be satisfied by this a lot longer than you actually be satisfied by it. The flesh is the part of you that listens to the lies of Satan and then acts on them. Right? This is not at all to say that we'll ever be completely without sin in our lives, but it is to say as we feed the, the, the Spirit, it will grow in us and then the flesh will starve. Romans says, in the book of Romans, it says that because of Jesus' blood covering us, we're made new, and we put sin to death. So the question is, which one are we feeding? Are we feeding the Spirit of God in us by spending meaningful time at Jesus' feet in His Word and in prayer and pursuing Him and living by the Spirit and seeing what happens when we do? Or are we allowing the flesh to take over? That's how we want you to see this series. That the fruit of the Spirit is all found perfectly in God and lived out perfectly in Jesus. And we seek to be like Jesus and reveal who God is to the world around us. So we're going to spend the rest of this message today focusing on love. Okay, but as we talk about love today, I want it to be really, really simple. Because we talk about love a lot, right? We talk about love. I mean, there's even a song, All You Need Is Love, right? We talk about it all the time. 
Two weeks ago, we talked about loving people being the primary way for us to show our love for God because the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So the best way that we can possibly show in action our love for God is to love other people. Right? So here's what I want us to do. We're going to read through two passages. One of them is going to be in 1 Corinthians and the other one's going to be in 1 John. And they're both about love, okay? So I'm going to read through these passages, and I want you to listen. I want you to soak it up. I want you to dwell on the words. I don't want you just to listen, let it go in one ear and out the other. I want you to look in your Bible. I want you to look on the screen. I want you to listen, and I want you to let these words soak in, right? Now, as you came in, there was um, a little notebook on the back. After we read that, we're going to have just a moment to allow you to listen to that music and to reflect in that notebook, or you can take out, if it was me, I'd take out my phone and open up the notes app, and I'd do that there. I don't care where you do it, right? Um, If you need something to write with, there's probably a pencil under a seat in front of you, and Rod has some more notebooks. If you don't have anything to, uh, to write on, raise your hand, and Rod will bring you a notebook as I continue to talk. Um, But we really, I I figured I could just tell you what I think about these passages. But the best way, since we've already talked about love a lot, the best way for you to own what these passages say is for you to think about how they apply to your life and then spend some time writing it down and then keep that. Keep it in your Bible. Keep it in your pocket. Keep it in your purse. Keep it in your glove box. Whatever you want to do with it. Keep it with your Bible so that you can add to it later. All right? But for for now, I'm going to read the passage to you. I just want you to listen. Let it sink in. And then we'll play some music. And that's when you're going to journal. All right? You're going to journal. You're going to write down what this is speaking to you, what God is using his word to speak to you. And then I'm going to share some of my reflections, and then we're going to do the same thing with the second passage. So the first one is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. We're going to go through 13. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4. Just let this sink in. We're talking about love. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, and it endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, 
then I shall be then I shall know fully even as I have been fully known so now faith hope and love abide these 3 but the spirit but the the greatest of these is love but the greatest of these is love so we're going to play some music and you take some time just to sit there and write and reflect and think and then we'll go on to the next passage fruit of the Spirit is singular. The love of God is singular. Because everything that love is, is perfectly encompassed in who God is. I mean, think about this. Think about this for a moment. Even as that song said, when I think about myself, when I think about who I am, when I think about some of the thoughts that I have, when I think about the, the, the sinful tendencies that still exist in my life, and I think about what that song just said, that I can come as I am, and that there's hope for me. There's hope for me because of who God is, not because of who I am, but for who God is. Think about what this says about love. Because towards me, this is what God is. Love is patient. God is patient with me. And he is kind to me. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. God is not arrogant or rude towards me. It doesn't insist on its own way. God doesn't force anything on us. His standards are clear but we got to choose him, and he continues to pursue us and pursue us and pursue us and pursue us, and he will never, ever, ever give up on us because he does not rejoice at our wrongdoings. He speaks truth in his spirit to us. He bears with us. He bears all things, and all of hope is in his love, and I love this, that love never ends. I'm pretty sure if love ended, it may have ended on me a long time ago. And it probably would have ended on you a long time ago. Right? But his pursuit of us will never, ever end. Verse 12 says, Now I know in part, then I shall be known fully, even as, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And that hit me. That hit me as I was reading this this week. Because just to think about the fact that God knows me completely and fully, he not only knows everything, every piece of work that I do, every action that I take before I do it, he knows every single thought I think before I think it. And there's probably two kinds of people in the room right now. You're thinking, hey, if God knows everything I think before I think it, I'm doing pretty good because I'm a stud. Right? And then there's other people in the room who are thinking, dang, if God knows everything I do before I do it, everything I think before I think it, that's humbling. 
Because in Romans 5, 8 says this, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like he knows everything about you. He knows everything about me, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he reached out and he died. He laid down his own life for us. You don't have to be perfect and right before you come to God. You come to God and then you allow Jesus to change you. You allow him through his spirit to make you the man or woman that he now has made you to be. Not in action perfect, in position perfect. And when in position perfect, now I choose As I am led by the Holy Spirit of God, I am going to be like Jesus. And by being like Jesus, I'm going to show God's glory to the rest of the world. I said it two weeks ago, but for people who are following the Holy Spirit of God, he's going to lead you to places that no one else is going. If you're following the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you this. If you actually listen and do what he asks you to do, he will lead you to places and to people where no one else is going. Those are the people that we want to reach. God pursued us while we were still sinners. So come to Jesus for salvation and let him make you perfect. Now I want you to turn to 1 John. 1 John is the fourth book book from the end, or fifth, fifth book from the end of the Bible. First John chapter 4. I'm going to read this to you. I want you to soak it in again, and then you're going to reflect again while you listen to some music. But let this soak in. First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, no, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitute for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses. That Jesus is the Son of God. God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God, uh, uh, that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us. So that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is so also are we in this world there is no fear in love 
But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Now listen to this music. Let it soak in and write some more. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. It's kind of that. I'm thinking about that song. It's a long song, but I let it play all the way through because I think some of us can get to the point where we're listening and we're just sitting here. We're like, I know I'm supposed to be reflecting. And they repeat themselves over and over again in that song. I hate it when they do that. And Man, we start to think about all this other stuff rather than what we should be thinking about. You know why I think they get so passionate in singing that? I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because anyone thinking about themselves through the, light, the right lens of redemption through Jesus Christ should have no other reaction than to just be on their knees crying out and saying over and over and over and over and over again to the world through the way I live my life and through how excited and amazed and humbled I am that someone like me has been redeemed. Because I know the slavery that I feel when I sin. I know the guilt that I feel, and that is not what God wants for me. That is not why Jesus died for me. And so I get on my knees, I confess my sin to him, and I am amazed every single time I think about my salvation in Jesus that I am no longer a slave to that sin. I don't have to do it, and I'm not a slave to fear. Because what does this say about fear? It says that we fear Because fear has to do with punishment. But if we're in Christ, there's no punishment left. Why? Because it all was taken out on Jesus Christ. And the thing that amazes me the most is that God is love. But at the same time that God is love, he is also just. And so many people have so many problems with how could a loving God send people to hell. Guess what? He is perfect, and he is holy. And if he didn't deal with sin, he wouldn't be perfect and holy. But if he wasn't loving, we would have no other option but to go to hell. So our response to that is if God was not loving, no one has the chance to respond to salvation in Jesus. Jesus doesn't come to earth. Jesus doesn't live as an example for us. Jesus is not the substitute for the penalty for our sin, and we're still in our sin, and everyone goes to hell. That's what you get when God is not loving. But when God is loving, I can look in the mirror 
and say, even if what I see is ugly to me, it's beautiful to God. Because I'm redeemed and I'm bought back and I'm made perfect. And God is love. Because Jesus came to earth. Jesus died for me. And all I have to do is respond to that. And so if you're in here, the band's going to come back up. And we're going to take an, an, a chance. We're going to have an opportunity to respond to that. But if you're in here this morning and you really in your heart of hearts, have not responded to the love of Jesus. You have not come to him and confessed your sin and said, God, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to walk away from my sin. I want you to transform me. Today is the day of salvation for you. Because you won't be free unless that happens. But if you're here this morning and you have made that choice, which I'm assuming is most of the people in this room, Are you amazed that he could love you? I'm looking at you, and I'm pretty amazed that he could love you. Especially Bob. Sorry, I just caught his eye. I haven't done that in a while. I'm amazed that he could love me, and so is my wife. Be amazed. Be amazed that he could love you. And he does love you, no matter what. So we're going to pray, and we're going to take communion. There's two tables in the front, two in the back. If you believe that, that Jesus is your salvation, come to the table and take. If you don't think about that, if you don't believe that, think about it. Where you are, think about what Jesus has done And it's time for you to respond to him. Let's pray. God, we are, we have to be amazed that you love us. Because I know myself and I know who I am. That you died for me while I was still a sinner. You are love. And because of your love, you took your justice out on your own son so that I could live so that I could love, so that I could lead people to your glory. We want to know real life. As we remember Jesus now, help us to be amazed at your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I just, man, the only way that we can really be amazed at your love for us is that our knees hit the ground. And God, that it's not about us and anything that we have done. It's everything about what you, Jesus, have done for us. And so God, help us to be amazed at your love for us, that everything that love is is wrapped up in who you are. And God, give us the courage and the strength in your spirit to go out and reveal your glory as the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our lives because we're pursuing Jesus. We love you, God, and we need you. If you need to go get your kids, go and do that, but we're going to sing one more song of prayer. It's called Build Your Kingdom Here, and it's perfect for what we're talking about because we want to go out and we want to see the kingdom of God built here on earth.
And so let's sing this with everything that we are. Go get your kids if you need to. You can hear it from, we're gonna, everybody that goes and gets their kids is still going to hear us singing, right? All right, here we go.